You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. Joining me today to talk about this big, big win, 42-19 over the Eagles, is KP of Niners Nation. Now, KP, before you say anything, when I asked you to do this live with me, you said, I wanted to be on the record that the 49ers are going to win by multiple scores. When you said that, were you expecting this type of performance and this big of a win over the Eagles? So I did think that they were going to win pretty comfortably just because of the spot and everything I talked about. Um, 42-19, though, like any, if you say that, I feel like you're lying, right? So even yeah. like 28-14 or something like that felt good. But 42-19, I don't know about all that. Yeah, and it's crazy because the 49ers started the game really badly. Like the first quarter just looked like I don't know. It, I wouldn't. I don't want to say a repeat of the NFC Championship because it's almost unfair to say. But it just looked scary. It looked like, oh no, like you know, the crowd was into it. The the 49ers couldn't really get anything going. They had penalties. They were losing yardage. But then after that, it was a completely different game. And I don't know what happened. Like there weren't any plays for Christian McCaffrey in the first quarter. I know a lot of people were talking about that. Um, and so two consecutive three and outs, but after that, it's, it seemed like they settled down and almost like they were passing to set up the run later in the game. Kind of, um, what did you think about that first quarter and how Kyle Shanahan just kind of flipped it from there? So my main takeaway from the first quarter was actually the defense holding the Eagles to two field goals. Like that was huge. Imagine being down out of the gate, 14-0. Now what? Now it's all the pressure on you to go out and score. Can you hear the dogs? Because it is really bad. Um, yeah, I could hear, but they're all good. All good. Okay. Um, yeah. So if they're down 14-0, what do you do, man? Um, a lot of pressure yeah. to come back, score touchdowns on every drive, which they ended up doing. But I think that the defense deserves a lot of credit. Offensively, yeah, they, they didn't panic. Um, they, they had a pretty clear plan, and it worked. And, I mean, five touchdowns in a row, five or six, whatever it was, that's imp- like against anybody that's impressive to do against Philly on the road is even more impressive. I feel like on both sides of the ball, they didn't panic, it, especially after that first quarter. I think for the offense, it would have been easy to panic. Of course, when you hold them to two field goals as a defense, you're not really panicking. You're thinking, oh, this is going all according to plan. Uh, but I think kind of after that, once you get past the first half, I think there's some room to feel some panic because you know the Eagles are a second-half team, and you know this is what they do. They go into halftime being down, and then what do they do? You know, they come back from behind. So I think that was the true test, right? It wasn't the first half. It was the second half and being able to respond to that. And it got kind of scary in the second half when, you know, Drake Greenlaw has that moment in which she, I think it was uh, Devontae Smith that he he pushed to the ground uh, out of bounds. He kind of did a little wrestling move on him, not going to lie. I mean, that was worthy of a penalty there. But then they got into the sideline drama because that happened right in the front right in front of the Eagles sideline. And then you have who I guess his name is Big Dom, uh, the Eagles security guy on the sideline 
getting chippy with a player, which is not something you typically see. He's not a player. He's not a ref. And he put his hands on Dre Greenlaw and Dre Greenlaw kind of gave him a little love tap. And that kind of started a whole melee and Greenlaw getting ejected from the game as did big dom which i've never seen anything like that before ever ever. like what'd you think about that moment because that was that was scary because losing a guy like drake greenlaw for the defense is huge of course and still it felt like you know that was early in the second half it still felt like the eagles could come back in the game um you know if they put you know, some drives together. So that was kind of scary to to see that happen. And it gave the Eagles who were kind of, you know, lulling at that point of the game a boost. Right. So what, what did you feel about that, about Greenlaw and uh, just what ensued afterwards? I mean, a Greenlaw penalty is inevitable at this point. It feels like you, you can tell like Kyle Shanahan loves the way he plays. So he like, he's going to let him get away with these kind of penalties because for whatever reason, it just like gets the defense going. So losing him was a big deal. And like, there's no way to replace that level of player, that level of I'm going to punch you in the mouth. I'm going to slam you on the ground. Even if it's after the whistle type of player, like he sets the tone for the 49ers defense. It was weird to me, uh, the way that the broadcast and the way that they were making out this big Dom person to be like, he's just some superhero. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we making they, it about? They said they were talking about the, they're going to build a statue for him. <laughs> you're, you're like down multiple touchdowns. We're talking about a security guard. How weird is that? But so they, they, the Eagles ended up scoring on that drive. I think what ensued after that was even more big, right? So the 49ers yeah. offense, I think they scored in like three or four plays right after that. So yeah. that was my main takeaway because you don't want to wake up a sleeping giant and the Eagles or sorry, the 49ers gave the Eagles a chance, right? They left yeah. that door open by letting them score after that penalty, kept the drive alive. But uh, the 49ers shut the door right away. Them being able to score at will in the way that they did. Like I knew that they were going to have some success just based on the matchups, based on uh, the numbers, but um, putting up a 40 burger on the road did not see that coming. Debo Samuel maybe had one of his best games ever, and he did it in, you know, dramatic fashion because, you know, we all know what Debo said about, you know, Bradbury in the offseason. He he backed all the talk up in this game in a in a big way. And one one of the moments like after, you know, the the big Dom and, and Greenlaw thing was Debo having that big touchdown and that probably brought back all of the momentum if it ever left back to the 49ers. And then he, he follows that with another big touchdown later in the game. Um, So what'd you think about Debo in in this performance, right? When, when he came through in that all black fit, you know, the big boots, I was like, man, he, he better not let us down in this one because (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would have been bad, but I mean, it definitely it definitely seemed like Debo had his signature Debo type of game. So I thought that it was really cool that Kyle Shanahan leaned into it, right, and gave him an opportunity to score in these plays. Obviously, Kyle didn't know he was going to go for four, one sixteen, and two touchdowns. But uh, Debo, like having a guy who you can throw a pass, like five yard pass to, and he runs through a tackle of a linebacker, and then he outruns all your DBs. And we're seeing that like multiple times, having a guy that you can turn around and hand the ball to, knowing that he can hold up and, again, outrun everybody. Like that, The way that they're built, 
Uh, it's very tough to stop. So we're talking about um, Debo, but he scored twice. And then look at everybody else. Like everybody is scoring. And, and I think it's because of guys like Debo, right? You have to, he keeps you honest. And like, there's really no way to guard him. Like they're using him as a running back on in some instances. Um, he's always going to get a reverse. You don't know when it's coming. And I think that's another uh, really difficult part. But I, I think Shanahan deserves a lot of credit knowing how much this meant to Debo and how he gave him opportunities to score. Like right now, Debo's probably on his phone looking at what story to post on IG and he's going to go at the Eagles. And I love that for him. And I love that Kyle gave him a chance to do that too. Uh, well, yeah, it's awesome because I'm sure these two teams are going to meet again. So that just builds, oh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it builds the excitement for that next one. But of course, I think we also have to talk about Brock Purdy. I was so impressed with Brock Purdy and his ability to pretty much just forget those first two drives. And I had a feeling it was going to happen at some point in the game. Um, but he made some big time plays. He had a number of big third down conversions, especially in the second half that kept drives moving that ultimately ended up in, yeah, six straight touchdown scoring drives, uh, for the 49ers after the first quarter. So, um, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy's performance was really impressive in this one. It's hard to go back to the scene of, you know, one of your season-ending injuries and be able to play like that, right? But that's kind of what Brock Purdy has shown us all season. He was 19-27, uh, 314 yards, four touchdowns, pass rating of 148.8, no interceptions. There was, there was a close one there uh, by Blankenship, but – no interceptions. He took two sacks that happened in the first quarter. And it just seemed like the offense and Brock Purdy never looked back from that point on. I mean, he was, he was on a tear. It's not easy to play against this Eagles defensive line. I think as we saw in that first quarter, they, they were giving him some fits, but he, he stuck in there and he made some really big plays when the team needed him most. You can see why Kyle loves loves this dude, like just the way that he plays. I think he doesn't get credit for enough. Uh, he, he doesn't get enough credit for the little things that he does. You remember the the snap that was a little errant that he caught with that he caught one handed. Like that could have easily ended the drive, and instead they go down and score points. Um, he had the run, the carry where uh, a safety or DB somebody had him lined up for like a gain of one, and instead he like runs through that tackle, and now it's second and one instead of second and nine. I think those little things that Brock does and that brings to the table, like every week he does something like that where he's always keeping the offense ahead of the chains. And then, I mean, his willingness to throw the ball down the field uh, always gives him a chance. But um, I, I think people forget that he's 23 years old. Like he's not supposed to be doing the things that he's doing. And the fact that he is, we're, we're almost taking it for granted already, but it's pretty clear that whenever he's under center, if he finishes a game, like they're gonna, they're almost guaranteed to score 30. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I, I know a lot of the conversation this week, as it has been for a few weeks now among 49er fans, I'm sure nationally you're going to start to hear more about Brock Purdy being in the MVP conversation. And and rightfully so. He he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. I don't know if he'll end up getting the award, but you know he's definitely um, making a pretty strong case these last few games. As is Christian McCaffrey, you know, he also had a, a good game in this one, 17 yards, 93 or sorry, 17 carries, 93 yards. Um, and I want to go back to the six straight touchdown drives that they had. So it was 85-yard touchdown drive, 90-yard touchdown drive, 75-yard, 77-yard, 75, 47. Like, that's just 
they were marching down the field pretty much at will at a certain point in this game. And I know that Jalen Hurts, you know, left at, at one point when he, he scrambled and he got uh, checked out for a concussion. He, he ended up coming back to the game. But when he was out, I was like, I don't want anyone to turn this into, oh, the Eagles only lost because Jalen Hurts couldn't couldn't finish the game, couldn't come back like he always does. Well, he did end up coming back, but I just wanted to make sure there wouldn't be, wouldn't be any excuses for these Eagles fans. And I really don't think there is. I mean, when your team loses 42-19, that isn't just a one play thing. That isn't just like a couple of drives thing. That is like a full-on domination from the 49ers. And now the 49ers have played the Eagles and the Cowboys, have scored 42 points in each of those games, and they've outscored the Eagles and the Cowboys by 84-29. And that's crazy because Eagles and Cowboys are both seen as the two other juggernauts in the NFC, right? So what does that tell you about this 49ers team and this push that they're going to make for the end of the season and going into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, since the bye, it's pretty much been the same thing, right? We're seeing the best of both worlds. We're seeing what their ceiling looks like. So you're talking about how they're dropping 40 against the best teams in the NFC. And I'm looking at how they're keeping these teams under three touchdowns, like holding a defense or holding a Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. That is a trio that is among the best, if not the best in the NFL. And after those first two drives, like where were those dudes, right? There was there wasn't really like a long completion after the first couple of drives. Like AJ Brown and Smith, they end up having their numbers. Like if you look eight for 114, yeah. Devonta Smith eight or nine for 96. But it really didn't feel that way. And that's because the 49ers did a really nice job of keeping everything in front of them. I thought what Steve Wilkes did making sure that, hey, like if we're, we're not going to rush reckless, we are going to make sure our defensive line stays in their rushing lanes and Jalen Hurts is not going to have those um, long carries. He finished the game with 20 yards rushing. Like That is such a big deal. Uh, the Eagles yeah. in general, 18 carries for 46 yards, averaging 2.6 yards per carry, able to stop them on early downs after the first couple of drives, really helped them get off the field. Um, honestly, Ambry Thomas deserves a ton of credit, man. He, yeah. He's been making plays every week. He made a couple plays today. I think that they just have the athletes finally outside with him and Mooney Ward. And then you pair that with the defensive line. They're, they're clicking on all cylinders. I think if even if they were to rematch the Eagles, I'm not going to say it would look like today, but I think it, the 49ers would be the Eagles if they played again in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, currently I definitely feel that same way. And I, I do want to give credit to Mooney Ward too because he was targeted quite a bit, especially on the Eagles' first couple of drives. Um but he had two plays in which the Eagles or Jalen Hurts targeted uh, A.J. Brown in the end zone. And one was a straight up pass breakup and the other one like just great coverage hit him on the back of his jersey. So, I mean, I, I got to give credit like that's that's a hard one on one matchup. The Eagles love A.J. Brown one on one, as you saw early in the game. Like that's why they they kept throwing it to him. Um but I mean, I think he was resilient in this one, as was all the as were all the corners. Um, but you mentioned something that I want to touch on really quick uh, before we head out of here. It seemed like the 49ers had a great game plan in place to stop the Eagles ground game, like not even just DeAndre Swift, but Jalen Hurts as well. We saw them activate uh, Kalia Davis for the first time this season. He got some some looks in there. We, we saw a lot of Greenlaw in the game. We didn't see a lot of Chase Young, which 
was kind of I weird, right? But I think, but I think that's part that was part of their game plan to just keep everything like contained in in the pocket. I, I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Like, did you did you feel like Chase Young not having that many snaps had to do with just the game plan of stopping the Eagles' run? Well, if you talk to Commanders fans, one of their biggest gripes about Young was that he would selfishly rush inside. Like he'd start outside and then like mm-hmm. give up his pass rushing lane. So maybe that is why. And that's that could just be who he is at this point. And Steve Wilkes wasn't going to chance it, wasn't going to risk it, and then left guys like Randy Gregor, guys like Cleveland Farrell on the field instead. So I think if anything, that's just good coaching. Um, you right. know what Chase Young saying, is. Yeah. Like when when Young was on the field, I noticed that he was inside a bit more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because I did notice that too. But, I mean, when you have a guy in Mooney Ward who can shadow A.J. Brown, who's legit one of the five best – I don't know why people don't mention A.J. Brown as one of the five best receivers in the NFL when they talk about that. Like, he's yeah, strong he's and fast and big. Like, that's what you need to be a dominant receiver. But Mooney, like, was competitive on all these passes. On the early one on the first down, the big slant, if Jair Brown makes a tackle – It's like second and four, and the Eagles have to drive the length of the field. Instead, they're in the red zone now because of the missed tackle. But uh, Mooney leads the league in pass breakups. I feel like he doesn't get acknowledged for a lot of the plays that he makes. Like he's challenged a ton, but makes a lot of plays. And he, like, he is so good. He's very good at what he does. And like he's playing up to, if not above, his contract. Yeah. And that's, like I said, that's such a tough matchup for like any corner. I knew that AJ Brown was going to get his in this game, but I just, that's what he does. I I just felt like Mooney Ward did enough, obviously, to limit him. And you saw Jalen Hurts in the pocket for so long. Credit to that offensive line. His offensive line is absolutely unfair. But the fact that he was just back there for so long tells you there wasn't anyone open. And that's credit to all of the corners. And that's why he took a a few sacks in in this game, too. And most of the sacks that he's had this season were kind of those sacks of him just holding on to the ball too long because some of his guys aren't open. Um, But the 49ers secondary, I thought, did a a great job in this game. As you know, we already mentioned the run defense and how great that was. It kind of made them one-dimensional pretty early. Even, like, there was one attempt of the QB draw and – Nick Bosa like sniffed that out so quick. I've never seen Nick Bosa run so fast than I did in this game. Like so, so many times he's not beating the allegations, but uh, I mean, it was just an impressive like game from all of those guys. And man, I I just got to give it to him. It was a great performance all around on both sides of the football special teams. There wasn't anything, um, you know, too bad to say about that either. It was interesting because Raybird McLeod was out. In, in this game and so we got a little mix of uh Debo uh returning kicks and then Ronnie Bell returning punts uh I thought he was gonna house that one by the way he, so he would have he was, he was close he just got tripped think, up little shoestring tackle yeah when when Debo starts to run like that like when he hits that he he hit that second gear and he That's just insane. got tripped up um but once he hits that second gear I just know he has like a bunch of room in front of him so I had a feeling he I'll see it on the all 22, but I had a feeling he would have probably broken that. But uh. he's legit one of like the fastest players in the NFL when the ball's in his hands. Like next gen stats doesn't have a lot of people over 20 miles an hour this year. And he's one of them. So like when he gets going after a couple of steps, he really hits top gear. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. I I can't wait to to see this team play once again. uh, Another 
game against the Seahawks. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, but KP, thank you so much for joining me to break down this game. Awesome game to break down. And and I'm glad your, you know, your prediction held true uh, on this one, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the spots, right? The spots screamed like it was going to be the 49ers. You know, they had this circled. You know, this meant a lot to them. But I think you got to give credit to the coaches, right, for executing a really freaking good game plan, taking advantage of where Philly is not good at. And I mean, the four, I think Shanahan he deserves even more just because I'm gonna I'm going to lean on my playmakers, and then knowing that the Eagles had just been on the field for five quarters, that they've been on the field over the last month, a ton of snaps. That's when I'm gonna run it late in the game with Christian McCaffrey, and it worked like to a plan. It couldn't have worked out better for them on both sides of the ball. So. Um, they're they're going to be tough to beat. Before we get out of here, do they run the table? What? Do the 49ers run the table? Do they finish the season uh, with three losses? Mm, the 49ers finish yeah. the season with three losses? Like, do they win the rest oh, of the game? Oh, with just three losses. Yeah, they yeah. went out. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think the their toughest game, you know, going forward is that game against the Ravens, right? Lamar, yeah. Yeah, that that's a big test. Similar, you know, to this Eagles um, offense and that attack. Uh, but I think right now the Ravens defense is is better than Philadelphia's defense. So that's going to be a big test. And um, I think the 49ers can win it. I mean, if they play like they have been these last few weeks. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think so. They, they're going to have to if they want to get that one seed. Right. Right. And, so that, and, uh, that matters a ton and you can't avoid to slip up. Um, so let's say the Eagles lose next week to the Cowboys and now they have three losses. The 49ers have three losses. Who knows what happens with the Lions, but let's assume that the Lions stay with three losses. The 49ers, if they slip up against Baltimore at home, like maybe there goes the one seed. So they're going to have some motivation yeah. to play. I do think the 49ers and the Ravens are the two best teams in the NFL. So maybe having a little home field advantage will help, but that that's going to be a really fun one. Yeah, I, I hope they win that one because I don't want them to ruin my Christmas. Uh, they already made my Thanksgiving <laughs> a good So hopefully uh, Christmas is is the same. Uh, but again, KP, I appreciate you. Make sure you guys uh, check out all of KP's content on Niners Nation. Um, always putting out great stuff. And I know uh, someone in the comments pointed out you, you also put some some good uh, film breakdowns on your YouTube, right? You want to hey. give a little promo here real quick? Yeah. Go, yeah. Um, Kyle Posey on YouTube after the games, I'm going to try to cut up, you know, whatever I see today. I don't know. I mean, usually I go for, you know, the opening drive, they didn't score on the opening drive, but there are plenty of touchdowns to pick from and yeah. then defense yeah. too. Like I keep bringing it back to defense because like you cannot talk about this team without talking about what they're doing on that side of the ball. So maybe I'll start with the defensive side of the ball and maybe, uh, what Steve Wilkes did to, to slow down a team that's one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Um, really great performance by them, by the whole team. Uh, appreciate you, KP. Appreciate all of you guys who tuned in. Enjoy this win. It was a big one. We were waiting for this all season. Uh, so make sure you guys all have a, a great Sunday night. Don't forget to like this video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. But for now, have a good, great, have a good rest of your Sunday night, folks. Peace. <laughs>